This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 434 of the Stable Scoop Radio Show. Please support our sponsors as they make this show possible. Our sponsors this week are Horselovers.com and the Fairfield Inn North in Lexington, Kentucky. Horselovers.com presents Auditor Lindsay Helmuth as our Listener of the Week. Nick Snap speaks about the importance of standard operating procedures, and Auditor Linda Gettig reviews the Wave Manure Fork. Listen in. Welcome to the Stable Scoop, with weekly shows delivered right to you. With Helena and Glenn the Geek, live from the stable, it's every week. They bring you the news through hail or high water, while using their tails as their own fly swatters. So sit on down and laugh till your poop, cause it's time again for Stable Scoop. Stable Scoop. Stable Scoop. This is Glenn the Geek. And this is Helena B. And you're listening to the Stable Scoop Radio Show on the Horse Radio Network. Well, we have two more weeks of listener interviews for the Year of the Listener. And then we have some special episodes for the holidays. And then we're, we're off to new things next year. We are off to new things. You and I have been planning what Stable Scoop is going to look like. And, of course, everything is exciting and wonderful in the planning stages. It's the execution where the rubber meets the road. Hey, you have to admit, I've been a lot easier this year. You've just, you threw out ideas and I said, that's fine. Yeah, <laughs> you you caught this me year, the week actually, after Radiothon. And I'm like, whatever, you can do with it. <laughs> yeah, Glenn's favorite new word is whatever. Whatever, so whatever. Busy. We'll do whatever you want because I'm too tired. to. He's like, Okay. <laughs> You see, I think you figured that out last year. Catch him the week after Radiothon. I agree to anything. (laughs) (laughs) Except a raise. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, no, I never agree to that. (laughs) That's okay. Then I have to run that through my wife, and you know what stingy, stingy Lou she is. (laughs) (laughs) Stingy Lou. Hey, be nice. That's your wife. That's your wife. I had the pleasure of having a Sunday morning coffee chat with your wife. Is that Jennifer and I blabbing with for two hours? Was you? Yeah. yeah. Jennifer and I used to do Sunday morning coffee chats after we um after we parted ways and working with one another at Myopia Stables, the, the fox hunting stable up here in New England. Uh, Jennifer and I went through withdrawal, so we had to have we had to keep having our stable scoop conversations. So we would call each other on Sunday mornings and talk about gosh, everything under the sun uh, and of course that was, that meant everything horses. So we hadn't done that for a while and then we did it this weekend and um I was like bouncing around, you know. I heard you. I, all I heard was Jennifer's side. I heard trailers, Monty Roberts, and Brody. And well, no, we talked about Scooter and we talked about Nigel. And we were talking about, um, I had asked her about the dually halter. Was it necessary? And what were her thoughts oh, about God, it? I can't live without that with Scooter. And so we had a really good discussion about it. I love talking to Jennifer because Jen takes a mix of everything, she doesn't subscribe to any one no, method. You're right. Any one philosophy. Has. Yeah. And she's definitely imparted that approach to me. So I take a little bit of this and a little bit of that. I do lean fairly heavily on Monty's philosophies because, uh, quite frankly, they work. And um, so we were just talking about that, and it was it was a great deal uh, of fun. trailer loading thing, if you're having trouble loading your I, – I know that was probably what you were working on. Yeah. His trailer yeah. loading thing, oh, my God. I mean, she took – her horse didn't want to load her. New one, Nigel. And within a half a day, she has that horse loading by himself, standing there, getting off by himself. I mean, and Scooter even now loads without any issues. Yeah, that's exactly what we're That method he uses just works, right? Yeah. Has it worked for you? Is it working? It is working. Um, Birdie will get on the trailer, but you have to, you know, you have to coax and beg and plead. He's a total, total punk to load. He's a real doofus about it. So, um... Yeah, I just I used Monty's reverse psychology approach. Essentially, you know, the the crux of it is you back the horse up, um, and to some extent, you're moving the horse's feet instead of you get him, him on, deciding. Like two feet and back him up. Get him on two more two feet, feet, back him up. You know, and, right? And just keep doing that over and over. 
I mean, it's, it is at the end of the day, it's conditioned response training. It's no different than clicker training or anything else that's repetitive, you know, um, that comes with the reward. Actually, I think by the end of the day, they're so frustrated to go, did you just let me on the trailer already? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I'm so So, sick of this game. (laughs) The, the, the most important part is don't have anything else to do when you're training. (laughs) you, You have, you just never really fully comprehend how much outside pressures affect the way you communicate with your horse. So you take that outside pressure away completely and it's a game changer. So we were just talking about the strategies about that. So interestingly though, Buck, who, you know, he, he understands a little bit about the horse thing. He'll get on and ride and he loves them. He helps take care of them, but he didn't grasp how important it is to continue to train your horse again and again and again and again before you close the trailer doors and drive away. So he thought, oh, she got Brody to, you know, walk on the trailer and stand there and back off by himself. Let's just throw the horses on the rig and go, you know? And stupid me. Said like a true horse husband. (laughs) Total true horse husband. He's like, let's go for a trail ride. He was so excited. I... I made the mistake of saying, okay, we'll, we'll give it a try. You know, Brody does travel well once he's on the, the trailer. We'll just give it a try. Well, funny enough, Brody got on the trailer. It was Dog Dog who wouldn't get on. Isn't he like 45? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he's been everywhere. He was a 4-H horse. He was a ranch horse. He does parades. I'm too old for this lady. <laughs> Forget it. <laughs> oh, my God. It was so funny. So, of course, I'm like, all right. This this horse is he's absolutely not interested in getting on this trailer. So Buck goes, "Let me try." I'm like, "Okay. Yes, dear. <laughs> Go ahead. You try." And uh it it became clear pretty quickly that the dog dog was going to have to go through the same training that Brody was going through. And it it Buck got a, a new respect for what it means to be patient and to have a plan. And what happens when the plan goes south? And uh yeah. Well, thankfully, we don't, you know, we you didn't, we didn't that far. Yeah, no, we yeah. wouldn't. I would never put my horses in a position where it would undo anything that, you know, any progress that we'd made. So we we called it a day and we ended up just playing with them. And have you heard uh, hauled a horse in your new trailer yet? I have not. Oh, wow. OK. I'm not because um, I'm Brody's ready. Everybody's ready. I want to make sure that I'm 100% comfortable and that I have no anxious energy that I might inadvertently convey to my horse. So I'm picking the, we do a little trailer training every other day, I would say. We get on and off about seven or eight times. And each time, each day, I will push him just a little bit further outside of his comfort zone. So there's three things I'm trying to achieve with him. When we, well, when we first started this one, the first was to accept or no, to tolerate being on the trailer. Just go on because I asked you, Brody, do your best to tolerate it. From there, we moved on to a level of acceptance. Okay. I can get him to walk on the trailer. I can get him to stand there. In my book, he's accepted that he has to stay there. The third phase, which we're not quite at yet is comfort. I'd like him to get on the trailer and be comfortable there so that he can travel, you know, stress-free. So we still have a little ways to go before he's actually comfortable. Um, and then at that point, I'll feel really good about hauling him up the street. Well, we did a couple practice runs too so that they would be on, after we got to that point, we they would be on the trailer for 10 minutes. We'd drive around yeah. block and we'd come home. So they... They didn't associate you're getting on the trailer and going to do hard work someplace, right? Exactly. Um, that's what Jen and I were yeah. talking about. So that's what we did. And it really did help a lot, I think. And because they're only on for a short period of time and there's good food in the trailer. We yep. always made the food in the trailer better than the food out of the trailer. So the better hay's in the trailer. Yeah. And uh, then we get home, you know, after a couple times of doing that, we get home. They didn't want to get out of the trailer because that's what the good <laughs> food was. So, it was like, I'm going to get the crappy food out here. I get the good food in the trailer. I'm staying. Uh, now, yeah. if we walk by the trailer with Scooter, who didn't want any parts of this when we first started, if we walk by the trailer and the ramp's down, he'll walk in by, he'll just drag you into the trailer. Really? He knows that's where the good food is. And he wants his good, he wants his alfalfa. Yeah, see, conditioned response. You yep. just, bell food salivation, it's Pavlovian. We all learned that and I don't know, whatever, freshman uh, psychology. As soon as we figure out what chocolate cake is, I think we learned that. Anyway. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> 
and ice cream. I think it's very true. Ice cream, <laughs> yeah, ice cream. Yep, that's when we start learning that. I think. Well, that's good. I'm glad you're making progress. And uh, you like your new trailer? You got a which one kind? Did you get again? I have a 1995 Kingston Dartmouth. It's a two horse bumper. Car. It looked like it's a good shape from the picture. It's in great shape. The woman that we bought it from was the second owner, so it was very well taken care of. Only drove There's, to church on Sundays. Uh, she she used it, she? but she took good care of it. So the tires are fairly new. Um, the axles look good. We'll have a complete overhaul with um, you know with the trailer guy around town. But um, like I I probably because I'm not an experienced trailer driving person, I probably won't go very far with it. Um, until we have it completely checked over, but yeah, you want to make sure the bearings are packed and you know, your wheels not yeah. going to fall off. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We've had that happen, so may- please make sure that. <laughs> so here's something she said, and I want to. Uh, if you're listening, hopefully you're listening because we do have some Steelers fans we're just left. Sitting here talking to each other, <laughs> we would never know. Um, if you this this was a very interesting thing. The owner of the trailer said that. The, the wood floors were in such good shape because her horses never peed in the trailer. And she said they never peed in the trailer because she never put shavings down. So I don't know if that's true or not. I'm going to give it a try and see what happens. Uh, her horses, maybe, but I, right. you know, I know there been there would be horses that would do it anyway. So I'm going to run a little experiment. I mean, when you got to pee, p- you got to pee, right? I mean, yeah. And it depends you how can. long you're hauling, too, I think. You know, that would make a difference, too. If she was only yeah. going 20 minutes up the road, they'd probably wait. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, well, uh, I don't know if I'm buying that one totally. <laughs> well, my horses will come into their stalls just to pee, the little buggers. Yeah. <laughs> so true. they do like those thick, fluffy shavings. And, of course, our horse, as soon as they get in the trailer, it's poop time, you know. So, yeah. Yes. <laughs> well, because they're nervous. Yeah. You know. Yeah. The anxiety. It's always the, the half runny poop, too. It's like, oh, geez. Exactly. Thanks. They're like, oh my God, I'm going to die. I better poop now. Thanks for pooping right in the right in the hinge at the ramp. <laughs> oh, I know. <laughs> I'm going to get a little brush or something. Like, just, it's the hinge poop brush. <laughs> there you go. There you go. That's a good idea, actually. It's the same brush that gets the poop off the water bucket, <laughs> the rim of the water bucket. Well, next up, we have Nick Snap of the Make It Snappy Show. It's time for our productivity tip of the month with Nick Snap, host of the Make It Snappy Productivity Show. And now it's time for our productivity segment with Nick Snap of the Make It Snappy Show. Welcome back, Nick. Thank you. Thank you. It's always good to be here. Well, I'm ha- I'm always get a little excited when you come on the show because I'm a super organizational, geeky freak show. Right on. Um, and... Today, we're going to talk about the power of SOPs or standard operating procedures, right? How engineered does that sound to you? I love it. <laughs> I, love, I love infrastructure because right. when you have a well-oiled machine, something that moves along predictably, that gives you the freedom to be innovative and creative and to, to sort of push the limits of what you can do, whether it's personally or professionally. And I think... We need to push the limits in order to grow. So I really like having a solid foundation in a solid infrastructure. And I'm, I'm thinking that SOPs have a lot to do with that. Absolutely, they do. Yes, I'm throwing yes. up over here. Oh, uh, get you, over throwing yourself. Throwing up in your mouth? <laughs> I, I am. I'm throwing up in my mouth. By the way, Nick, did Jennifer call you at the beginning of the year when we started doing this and say, these are the things I want you to talk to Glenn about because he sucks at all of them because this <laughs> is another one. Yeah, I wasn't supposed to tell you that, so let's just keep that under wraps. I'm doing good at my email thing. <laughs> I only have nine in my inbox right now, and I've been keeping it clean, I'll have you know. No more. When I when we did that, I had 6,000 in my inbox. I have kept it down under 100 ever since That's so then. awesome. That's so awesome. Now, you got to put a little soundbite in there, a little applause or something. I don't know. I can't there, hear you about the standard operating procedure thing. You're breaking up, Nick. I can't hear you. <laughs> okay, so, go ahead, Alina. Sorry. No, I'm going to let, it's Nick's turn to talk. Talk talk to us about SOPs. Yeah, so SOPs, Standard Operating Procedures. So I think I came from the military. I had a little bit of a Navy background. I wasn't in the Navy, but I trained with the Navy for a while as a civilian. And everything's about SOPs. So you give commands and then you turn around your little podium after you give the command. I I worked on uh, in the nuke world with subs and carriers. And you turn around your podium and you read the procedure to make sure you got it right. 
So like it's documented. There's no question about what you should be doing. And the reason as entrepreneurs or even in your, if you're just working a day job or whatever you're doing, if you don't know exactly what to do and how to do it, you're dependent on you in your head. So that could be good for job security, I guess. I think we're kind of past that now in 2016, soon to be 2017. Like people don't hold on to knowledge anymore like they to, for job security. But as an entrepreneur, if you are trying to figure out a way to scale your business and it's dependent on you, it's, you're never going to get there. So I look at things a little bit differently. I've been helping people with this a long time. But for myself in my own business, I was in coaching for a really long time for the first 16 months of my business. And I realized, you know what? There's got to be a way to take myself out of this. If I want this to be a business, a legacy, something that I can pass on to my kids one day, something that I don't have to be dependent. It doesn't have to be dependent on me forever. There's got to be a way to take all this information that's in my head and get it down. So standard operating procedures or processes, systems, whatever you want to call it, is the answer. Okay. So who comes up with the systems? Yes. Well, that you have to come up with the systems, but you don't have to do it all alone. So here's just my tips for the systems and the processes and all the things that go into this. Okay. Everybody has something they do each day. You have especially the reoccurring things. So there's like project mode where things are temporary. They have a defining beginning and a definite end, but then there's the reoccurring stuff. So the way that you process emails, Glenn talked about emails. If you get in there and you blog, if you're a podcaster, if you are paying your bills, like whatever it is that you do, there's a way that you do it. And if you really want to level up the way that you think and the way that you work so that you take out all the guesswork and you get more efficient, it's a matter of now, okay, what do I do? Well, for this particular piece of work, step one, step two, step three, write it all out. Maybe it's a checklist or if you really want to be efficient about it, you can get on, and if it's a computer-type task, you can get on a, a great platform like Zoom or Skype, and you can capture your screen, and you could just talk through what you're doing, and then you could hire somebody to write out the steps for you if you don't want to get all, get all into it and do it yourself. But I look at SOPs and procedures and things like that, that if I'm going to do this thing, I'm going to do it over and over and over again, there's certain steps that aren't the best use of my time. They're just not. And I want to spend my time as an entrepreneur doing the things where I add the most value. So if I'm doing something that I could pay somebody $6 an hour to do, potentially, and I could be doing something that's going to generate me $250 an hour, then that is a lost opportunity cost. And I wouldn't recognize that until I line that stuff out. Does that make sense? Yes. Yes. So outsourcing a, a piece of this procedure, a piece of your process, right, right. can the, the you have to look annoying. at- Right. How much I say that all the time. What am I doing in my day? Um, for example, an hour, how much do I charge my clients on an hourly basis? And then if I spend an hour doing something that is not going to earn me back that billable rate, I'm losing money from that, that piece. So it's, it's actually, it makes sense financially to outsource that part of the, the process. Yeah. And you got, you got to go through that exercise as far as if you have these complicated things, or maybe they're not even that complicated. Maybe they're just annoying. You line it out and you ask yourself a couple of questions. You're like, okay, how does this particular step make me feel as far as how I'm spending my time? Scale of one to 10, for example. And then on a scale of one, one to 10, how much of this particular step cost me to give it to somebody else? Doesn't necessarily have to be outsourcing to somebody in the Philippines or whatever. It could be maybe you just delegate it to somebody in your staff you know, right. that's more qualified to do it. Or maybe you just defer it or delete the step because it's not necessary. The cool thing about lining out these steps is that once you see it on paper, you're like, why am I doing it that way? That doesn't make sense. Or maybe you can give it to somebody that's smart and they can look at it and they can give you suggestions for how to make it simpler. So it's not only outsourcing, but there's other ways. The other piece of that is automation. There's ways you can automate and make, mm. make it simple. Right. So, but again, creating the outline of this process allows you to see the components of the process um, as individual pieces. So you can sort of plug and play. You can take this one out. If it's obsolete, you can put something else in, or you can modify it, as you just said, by maybe automating it. Most definitely. So, how do you start? It would be the, the big question, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, this is what I think of. So, it's like you've heard of mind mapping or brainstorming. I'm sure everybody's heard of brainstorming, right? Yep. Get, yep. A certain, you get in a group and you start just ro rolling out ideas and you got a whiteboard and sticky notes and that kind of thing. We well, could do that 
with your SOPs. Just think about every single thing you do. Everything. Doesn't matter. It's one of the rules of brainstorming. There's no stupid ideas, right? There's right. no stupid little task. Walk your dog. Fine. Put it on a post-it note or put it in your mind mapping software, whatever it is. Just think about all the different things you do and get them down. Get them down fast, random, whatever it is. Put an Excel sheet. You can put it into a mind mapping software. You can put it on sticky notes on a whiteboard. Get it all down and just clear your head. Kind of like the mind sweeping thing. We have all these different things in your head that you need to do. Same sort of thing. Like all these things you're doing for your business. What are they? Line them all out and then take the time to organize them. I have to raise my hand in support of the post-it notes and, you know, going from your brain to the post-it note. um, Because back in the day when I took my project, my project management training, we used big pieces of white poster board and post-it notes. And with all the software that's out there today that you can use, whether it's free or paid to help you streamline your processes, I found that it's really difficult to shop for the right software or to find the right software unless I my brain already has an idea of what the flow looks like outside right. of the context of my brain. So by putting it on post-it notes or piece of paper, um, I, I still think that interim step is necessary so that so if you haven't, let's say, gone out and, and picked a piece of software or an app that can help you streamline, like for me, it's so overwhelming. I'm like, all right. I have this part of my business. I have to find some technology to automate it, right? I found that I actually had to go back and post it, you know, do a post-it note um, process before I could even begin to shop for the help I needed. I had to do the same thing when I was thinking about hiring a virtual assistant. So I just have to had to raise my hand and support the old post-it note method. Totally, there's power in simplicity. Like we just we want to use all these tools and stuff, and it's ironic because in December my topic of the month is actually productivity tools. Because I, I usually don't get into tools; I get more into systems and you know concepts. As I don't want to get hung up in the tools, but I'm focusing on tools. But it, it's still even in these tools conversations, it all goes back to don't use a tool if it's going to make it more complicated, right? Like just keep it as simple as possible. When I'm brainstorming my stuff, yeah, I could. There's some cool packages out there, but I just use Excel. And I start yeah. lining out all the tasks and then I start just tagging them under a certain category. So that's how you organize them then. So now you have all these different things you do and you categorize them. Is this like content creation? Is this admin? Is it um, podcast? Is it like what are all these different things that you do for your business? Is it legal? Is it um, uh, accounting or whatever? And you just you start tagging them and then you can develop whatever your, your own numbering system. Like, okay, admins one, 1.0, then the little task under that one, 1. 1.1. And then all of a sudden you start collecting this stuff and you have like your index of SOPs and that's where you start. And then you start building them slowly, one bite at a time. Give yourself an extra 10 minutes, an extra 15 minutes, even five minutes while you're doing the task to actually write down what it is you're doing. it. And over time, within a couple months, three, four, five, six months, you, you'll have your SOPs done and everything's clear and then you can go back to them, refer to them constantly and get to the point where now you have a franchise. You yeah. know, it's like you have something that you can give to someone else and if it's powerful enough, I, I did for the mind mapping thing and after 10 minutes, it even scared me. So I gave up on that. <laughs> all, the, all the stuff coming out of there. Yeah, I was like, like, oh, going God, on? who wants to put that down? <laughs> Um, well, but he's you know right. what? Simplicity is the key. You know what, Helena? You have to admit, though, with the Horse Radio Network, because we do so many shows, we do have SOPs. I was just thinking about the fact mm-hmm. that we do have a lot of, of them, actually. Um, I don't maybe think of them as SOPs, but uh, we, we have systems for doing things, or we wouldn't be able to get the number of shows out we do do. Um, of course. Yeah. And yours is and, pretty and, solid. And, you gave a presentation, Glenn. And I was impressed. I was like, "Wow, look at his workflow!" Like he he pretends like you you know what you're doing, Glenn. You know what you're doing. Oh, but there's a lot of things I don't though. There's a lot of things I say we should write down. You know the exact procedures of doing that. And I, but then you always say, "This is what everybody always says." I'll do it the next time I do it. <laughs> then the right, next yeah, time it never it. comes. Well, there's That's one place powerful, that you like, can't. There's a place that you can't get away with not having. A standard operating procedure, and that is in a boarding barn. Because let's let's say you have twenty horses in your barn. You have one barn manager. You're invariably going to have several stable hands, people helping you. And we all know that barn help comes and barn help goes. Mm-hmm. And we use whiteboards, we use lists, but you have to stick to an SOP in a barn. Horses need to be fed at the same time. Buckets need to be marked so you know who's getting what grain, who's getting what turnout. 
do they have bell boots on or not? So there, I think there is a finite list of things that have to happen, um, for any shift in a barn. And those things can very easily be put down even on a whiteboard, uh, as standard operating procedure. And, uh, you, and as, um, Nick just said, that makes it easier. So every time you have a new person who's coming into a barn to work, there's the SOP right there. There's no question about it. And that will actually help eliminate some potentially big, dangerous problems. And the more horses you have, the more that's important. We've talked to professional riders who have 80 horses in the barn, and they have business managers that just deal with those things. And and it has to be the same every time because you're yeah. dealing with lives here. You're dealing with horses' lives. Uh, yep. Yeah. You know, so... That's a great example. It's a really good example. Yeah, yeah, we need it. I mean, I remember working at Myopia, and we had one of the things that I had to do was um, it's a small thing, but as part of the our SOP was color coordinate. We had a little whiteboard for all the lessons that were happening, and we had four instructors. Each instructor had a different color, and whatever horse they were using at that time. So there was only, you know, there were only what, 10 or 12 horses, but there were different instructors that were assigned to those horses. And so that simple process of color coding, when those instructors came in for the day, some would come in at 9 a.m., some wouldn't come in until 2 or 3, they immediately knew where to look uh, and they looked for their color. So they knew which horse or pony they had to go and get tacked up. That saved so much time because it was a clear piece of communication and it just made the entire process that much more efficient. So even something as simple as that, and your that's your standard operating procedure. Okay, instructors, when you come into work for the day, the first place you go is the whiteboard. Look for your color and the pony attached to it, and then get love your day it. started. I love it. Huge, huge time saver. We've all worked for bigger companies too, where 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 anytime you have a proposal, you come up with a great idea, they make you do a mini business plan for it. And I hated that. I just hated that, that I'd have to write everything out. But you know what? That process of writing everything out made you realize all the different issues that you weren't thinking about when you didn't have it written out. Um, yeah. It forced you to deal with all of that before you brought it to the IT department who would then rip it to shreds. So yeah. you kind of yeah. ripped it to shreds yourself before you brought it to the next person. Um, and, I, I, you know, we kind of still do that now with uh, new things that we're doing here, even though it's just Jennifer and I for the most part. Um, you know, we kind of still do that because you do, when you write it down, you do see the flaws in what your mind wasn't dealing with at the time, the bigger picture. It's pretty neat. Yeah. It's actually pretty neat. When, I mean, that's basically it. Like that. And then that business plan usually gets turned into an SOP if it, if it works, right? So, um, so you really have a start on the SOP if you're doing a business plan for everything that you do. Uh, and, you know, big oh, companies definitely. make you do that. I know, Helena, you had to do that with every new project you ever started, and I know, Nick, you must have. And, and I hated it. <laughs> yeah. I know yeah. the value it, of it, but that didn't mean I hated it any less. <laughs> yeah, you don't appreciate it until you actually benefit from it, I guess. Exactly. True. Exactly. True, True story. Yep. Well, thank you, Nick. Where can people find your show? They can find me at makeitsnappyshow.com forward slash podcast. And actually, I'm doing this new thing. I'm actually, I didn't tell you guys this. I'm giving up coaching. End of 2016, no more productivity coaching. But I am because I still want to give back and I still want to give people access to my brain. In addition to the show, I'm doing this thing called Snappinars because it's all about ah. Snap with me. So every Wednesday night, I'm going to be online for an hour and uh, I'm giving away a two-week trial for Snappinar. So if people want more information about that, they can just text Snappinar, like webinar, but with Snap, two Ps, to 44222. Snappinar, I love it. <laughs> you are clever with the names. Your last name just allows so much to... Uh, oh, it does. I, I never appreciated it growing up, but now I'm full advantage. <laughs> <laughs> well, Excellent. thank you, Nick. Appreciate it. Thank you all. Appreciate it. Well, Helena and all the listeners, I wanted to clarify some of the very cool special offers we have going on right now at horselovers.com. If your order is over $49, put in the coupon code box. Uh, you want to put in the coupon code box HRN, and you will get $5 off your order instantly. This is an exclusive code for Horse Radio Network listeners. If your order's over $20, then put in the coupon code RADIO, and you'll get a special offer from Mrs. Pastures. You'll get a Mrs. Pastures gift with your purchase, and that is also an exclusive offer for HRN listeners. So over $20, put in RADIO. Over $50, put 
or $49 actually, put in HRN in the coupon code box. And you want to go to horselovers.com slash HRN to see all of the different deals that are going on. They have daily deals for the holidays. They have all kinds of different stuff. I looked over there and they had things on sale for 60%. Uh, the daily deals are incredible and they're all listed there. They've extended some of them. If you're doing any Christmas shopping at all right now for horse lovers in your life, you need to go to horselovers.com first. And we also wanted to mention that they're going to have three grand prize winners for their uh, horse and rider makeover. They already awarded one barn, uh, $10,000 worth of stuff. So if you have a favorite uh, barn, club, riding school, or rescue that you think's worthy of winning a total makeover, then you want to head over to horselovers.com slash sweeps, or it's on their homepage as well, or on uh, horselovers.com slash HRN, you'll find it. And you want to enter the sweeps and put in there the organizations that you think are worthy. We all have our favorite rescues, and we all have our favorite uh, therapeutic riding places. And who couldn't use a whole pile of stuff? Who couldn't use a makeover? So thanks to Horselover.com for their continued support of the Stable Scoop radio show. Please visit our sponsors, as they are the ones who make these shows possible. And next up is our Listener of the Week. It is the year of the listener. And now, our Stable Scoop Listener of the Week. Next up, our Listener of the Week is Lindsay Helmuth. Lindsay has been around Horse Radio Network for a while. She's very much engaged with the community here. She's from Alexandria, Virginia, and has a lot of things going on in her regular life and her horsey life. So I'm excited to get to know Lindsay a little bit more. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Tell us a little bit about um, your regular life first, and then we're going to get to the juicy stuff. Um, you're, you live in Virginia. Have you always lived there? What do you do for work? Blah, 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 blah. Um, I now live back where I was born and raised, but I did live in Michigan for a few years, and I went to the University of Virginia for college. So for the majority of it, I've been up in Northern Virginia. I am a financial analyst. I've kind of bounced around a few different jobs in the D.C. area. There's always a lot of employment opportunities here. Um, and then I did live in Michigan for two years, but it was too cold, so I came back. <laughs> That's the best part. That's all I need to hear. It's too cold, but I came back. What part of Michigan were you in? Because I have family there. I was in Ann Arbor. Okay. They're not too far. They're down in um, Royal Oak area. Yeah, I'm familiar right? with it. Okay. So in fact, we, we, we were just there a few weeks ago. So now you're in Virginia, you're working in the hubbub of, well, the hub of the nation. And uh, do you like your job or is it just a way to pay for your horses? Definitely just a way to pay for the pony. Okay. That's, <laughs> hey, we get it. We can relate. And your personal life, we got to dig in. We got to know. Um, I, if I remember there was because you and I had we, we we were sort of on the same cosmic plane with relationships. You're recently <laughs> engaged, right? Yes, um, I got engaged around the time you and Buck announced that you all were engaged. Yes, ma'am. Ours was a little fast, though. You know, we were like boom, boom, boom. You're taking the slow and easy route, which is much nicer. Tell us about your fiance and your relationship. Well, his name is Reed, and I did meet him while I was in Michigan. But like I said, it was too cold there, so I imported him back to Virginia with me. And um, he is not really a horse guy, but he grew up around horses. His mother had them. Um, so he's very comfortable with horses, and he and my gelding adore each other. Um, he'll go on trail rides with me every once in a while, and... You know, he knows enough to be able to put the saddle on at the horse show. So I really appreciate his willingness to come to the barn and hang out. You're grooming him to be a horse husband, aren't you? I am. Yes, that's <laughs> the goal. I got mine to open the gates for me when I pull the truck into the field. You know, I come home from someplace and the gates are wide open and everything's all set. It's very, it's actually very endearing. It's a great, it's a great feeling to have someone that you're lo you love and is your primary relationship to really support your horsey life and, and that he knows it really makes you happy. It's part of your soul and your spirit. Would you say that he kind of gets that or is he still in the learning phase? He totally gets it. 
Um, and he also doesn't mind when I do spend a lot of time at the barn because that's his video game time. <laughs> so uh, ev- everyone's happy. I wonder if a memo went out to the video game community to find horse girls because they'll leave you the hell alone. Do you think that happened? Because it seems like we've had a lot of people on this year whose significant others or boyfriends or whatever play video games. Well, if there was a memo, I was not privy to it. (laughs) I think that's what happened. I really do. Uh, Brock doesn't play any video games. None. He doesn't. I don't even know. Although we did just discover that heads up game on your phone. Have you guys have you guys played, I played that? that one yet? Oh, you'd love it, Glenn. You, do you remember twenty thousand dollar pyramid? Yes, yes. It's just like that. One person gives the clues, and the other person oh. has to guess what it is. What's so it called again? Yeah, heads up. Heads up. Okay. It's a lot that. of fun. We played it on Thanksgiving. Have you ever played it, Lindsay? I have. That's a family favorite when we all get together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Family favorite. Who knew? We whip our phones out. It's stuck to your forehead, and next thing you know, you guys are giggling and and writing down points. Who's winning? So let's talk oh, yeah. about your 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 horse life, which I know we're all really that's to me that's the most interesting. Um <laughs> what do you you have uh let's see, I'm reading my show notes here. You have a gelding, a 17 hand thoroughbred Belgian something or other. Something or other is about right. Yeah, he's a 17 hand paint. His name is Hologram, and we call him Graham, although he has about a hundred different nicknames from gramophone to Grammy man. Um, my mom is fond of saying that she is Grammy's Grammy. (laughs) That's funny. I like gramophone. (laughs) Yes. Um, Reed calls him Grambo. My fiance calls him Grambo. Um, and we're not really sure what all he's mixed with. Um, and he's just, he's a really wonderful guy. He's, he's beautiful, but he's also got, just the sweetest personality of any horse I've ever met. I, you know, you can trust him around little kids and I've put my three-year-old niece on him. He's just very gentle. My instructor described him as a beautiful soul, which I thought was just very apt. Oh, how nice. What do you do with him? It's a good thing that he's so sweet because he has a lot of health problems that have gotten worse in the six years that I've now had him. Um, he does have shivers, so that's fun to manage. <laughs> I bet. Um, and I tell him all the time it's a good thing he's so sweet and lovable, or else it might not feel worth it, but he's very much worth it. Um, we do venting, and nothing nothing big, just like novice level. And then we also go fox hunting when we can manage to hitch a ride. Um, how does he like, a lot how does he of he like riding, just having fun. He loves fox hunting. He thinks it's like the best trail ride. <laughs> <laughs> I, bet, I bet he does. We have a horse at my my stepdaughter's barn who's part of a college program who has shivers. And um, it's it's definitely manageable. It, um, it certainly doesn't affect his performance in the ring. Of course, he's doing some low-level comfortable stuff. But it really does um, – it makes you appreciate the fact that this horse does have to overcome something – physiologically in order to perform for you. And I, I don't think that anything other than a beautiful soul, um, or perhaps a soul that's been around before can handle that kind of thing. How do you, how does his shivers manifest and and what do you do to manage it? Um, so we call it his funny leg, kind of like from finding Nemo, he has, you know, his special sin, but Graham has his funny leg and he'll, um, he'll hold it up funny and it gets stuck when he's trying to either back up or go forward after he's been standing for a while. Um, so like, like the horse that you've experienced, it doesn't, you don't notice it once he gets moving, but if he's been standing for a while or he tries to go through his cell door or something like that, he does get stuck, but really it just takes him a few minutes to get going. Yeah. It has definitely progressed. Um, it, I mean, it is progressive. That was not unexpected. But um, it's now really difficult for the farrier to do that leg. But yeah. otherwise, he's he's a happy and healthy guy. Um, Tigger from BioStar and Healthy Critters Radio has helped me revamp his diet, and that's definitely seemed to have helped put weight back on him and um, help build up his muscle tone. That is one of the problems with shivers is they have they have problem building muscle and then um, just keeping weight on in general. 
Wow, yeah, that's yeah. great that she's been able to help you with that. Yes, he looks so much better than he did six months ago. People, a lot of people have been commenting on it lately. So I have Tigger and the Horse Radio Network to thank for that. So thanks, guys. Wow. So hey, Shivers we is some, a... We can retire, Helena. Now we can quit. I know. I <laughs> I, I don't want to retire. <laughs> I don't want to quit. I want to keep talking to people about their horses and how much they love them and what they do to accommodate well, you their know needs. What? It's a good thing this guy's generally 17 hands. I know. I know. <laughs> yes. It's pretty big. How big are you? Are you tall, Lindsay, or are you a little thing? <laughs> I am 5'4 on a good day. Okay. <laughs> Helena knows what you're talking about. Helena's with you I do. (laughs) Now, does he ride big? Does he ride like a 17-hand horse? Or are you so comfortable on him that you don't really get a sense of his size? Well, he has one of the springiest, bounciest trots I have ever ever tried to ride. So even no stirrup sitting trot on him is a full-body workout. (laughs) Other than that... A gut juggler, Other I call it. Other than that, he does not ride big, and he doesn't have a big barrel. So even though I'm on the small side, I don't. I look a little small on him, but not silly small. We're a pretty good match, actually. Oh, well, I'd cool. love to meet him someday. Well, I got to ask you before we get into before we run out of time and end up in rapid fire questions here. Um, you told us too that you're. When are you? When's the wedding date? By the way. May 20th, 2017. Oh, that's exciting. Are, is there horses involved? Because you know we don't recommend that. It always goes wrong. <laughs> um, okay, so I we are getting married at an old barn, and um, it should be really beautiful. We're both outdoorsy, and uh, we thought it was a great fit. And Graham will be there, but he will not take part in the ceremony or anything. We will just take some pictures with him before and after. Um, and they actually have a round pen that he can sit in during cocktail hour, and we're going to put a bucket of carrots outside <laughs> there of it. There you go. I love it. During cocktail hour. That's the Lindsay, best I way. Can't, I can't wait to see pictures all. That's going to be awesome. I'm going to cry. Is he going to wear a tuxedo? Are you going to have him in a tuxedo? in our engagement pictures. I did okay. see that. Yes. And you're, by the way, your engagement pictures were absolutely beautiful. Thank you. Um, Our photographer is wonderful. Michelle Lee, if anyone in Virginia or Maryland is getting married, I highly recommend her. Well, now, I was interested in where you hope to take your honeymoon, because that's a place that's definitely on our bucket list for Jennifer and I. As a matter of fact, Helena and I, we were talking about doing a group trip uh, to this particular location, but we weren't sure we'd have to tranquilize Jennifer with a dart gun to get her on the plane for that long. So where do you want to (laughs) go? We are hoping to go to New Zealand. That's one country that I really have on my list. Uh, we have every listener we have down there is so nice, and I just would love to visit New Zealand. It's supposed to be absolutely the most beautiful place ever. Yes, and as I mentioned, we're we're very outdoorsy. Besides horseback riding, uh, my fiance is a sailor. We both do a lot of hiking and camping, and we also love Lord of the Rings. <laughs> so it just. <laughs> It kind of seemed like the perfect place for us to go. And I have already hit up the New Zealand auditors and have a few offers to go on a trail ride when we're there. So, as a matter really of fact, I think Emma lives right near where that village is that you can go visit from the Lord of the Rings. So, you're right. Perfect. I think Emma will be right there for you. And I think she has like 85 horses. So, you should be good. You'll find something to ride. Extra perfect. <laughs> well, now, Helena, are you ready? I am ready. Are you ready, Lindsay? I'm so ready. (laughs) All right. What's your favorite food? Sweet potatoes. I like them in any form. Sweet potato fries, sweet potato tots, baked sweet potatoes, sweet potato pie. Well, we've been doing (laughs) this for a year. That's a first. (laughs) Yeah, and now I want a sweet potato, sweet potato pie. So what's your least favorite food? Probably raw Brussels sprouts. Raw? I never even heard of eating them raw. Yeah. Who forced you to do I that? Have... <laughs> they shall remain nameless. They're okay cooked and steamed. Okay. I would never have even thought to eat Brussels sprouts raw, but um, now I got to try it just so I can say, yeah, Lindsay, I hate them too. Because I like them cooked. <laughs> I like them cooked. Um, what's the most terrifying thing that you've ever done? And would you do it again? Um, so I had to think long and hard about this. But I think the most terrifying thing I've ever done in college. 
I was on a service trip in Belize and we were in a town with no electricity or running water. And to get into town, we did this several times in the two weeks we were there. We had to pile 12 of us in the back of a pickup truck with really very poor shocks and go down the highway at about 80 miles an hour. Oh, my God. And it was pretty terrifying. <laughs> well, who chose the speed? Um, our non-English speaking driver. <laughs> Who got a big? Who the highlight of his day was terrifying Americans. That was the highlight of his day. Well, that's a distinct possibility. Yeah. <laughs> this well, I learned that driving in uh, some of the other island countries we visited, and they, they they just don't take speed limits. That it's just not even what. What's a speed limit? They just go get where you got to go, and that's enough to make you break out into a sweat. So I'm glad you survived it. And I'm guessing the, the answer, if I didn't hear it, was. You wouldn't do it again. Um, I don't know about the pickup truck part, but Belize was gorgeous, and I would go back there in a heartbeat. But I would maybe find alternative transportation. Yeah. What kind of service trip was it? We were doing um, public sanitation work in a local village. We were building a um, an outhouse for the local school. Wonderful. Did it feel good to be down there and sort of leaving your mark on a community that needed it? Absolutely. And it was it was just gorgeous. We were in the mountains of Belize. Um, and I, I just can't put into words how beautiful it was up in the rainforest. And you could hear monkeys and jaguars at night. It was it was a whole other world. Mm. And we did a lot of work with, um, you know, sanitation education, talking about the importance of washing your hands and brushing your teeth, which are difficult, admittedly, when their village had no running water or electricity. But, you know, trying to introduce these concepts to the elementary school kids so then they go home and teach their families. Yeah. And going down in small groups and ha being able to, uh, to connect with these folks one-on-one -on -one gives you more of an opportunity to actually get this information into their hands. You know, it's... Sometimes that's the only way you can do it is to meet face to face one on one and show them ways to, to keep themselves safe. Absolutely. All right. Last question. If you could ask Graham one question, what would you ask him? So in order to answer this, I have to tell you one more tidbit about Graham. Graham is a licker. He loves <laughs> licking people. And if he likes you, it doesn't matter what part of you he can reach. He will lick your hat. He will lick your hair. He will lick your jeans. He will lick your fleece jacket. And so the question would be, why the heck do you lick people? Is it his way of petting us and saying, good human? Or do we actually, does it just taste good? Because I find it hard to believe that my fleece jacket with horse hair all over it really tastes that good. Fleece. Oh my God. Can you imagine licking a fleece jacket with a horse? Oh I can't go at it until you make him stop minutes at a time. <laughs> Interesting. Interesting. All right. So the question is He's a special guy. What, <laughs> what is with all the licking, gramophone? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I think that's it, Glenn. I. I have a really good sense of Lindsay and her horse life. And Lindsay, I would just like to say that there is an open invitation to my farm in Little Compton for you and your horse and your fiance to come and have some tea and a trail ride. That sounds wonderful. Hopefully we'll get to take you up on that. All right, Lindsay, thank you so much for joining us. And thank you. You called into Radiothon last week and helped us pick the winner. Lindsay won the big grand prize two years ago and then helped us pick the winner this year. You didn't pick yourself again, though. So uh, you were on the list. I was pretty disappointed. I wonder what would have happened. I wonder what out. people would have thought if you had picked yourself. Uh, they, as it was, you picked Jerry Johnson, which uh, Jamie's still convinced that we were in collusion about that. But it was just I'm the way. I'm sorry, Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> That's the way it worked. Thank you, Lindsay. You are very welcome. Thank you, guys. Bye, Bye. and happy holidays. 
Well, I now can announce that we have the hotel lined up for those of you that are going to Road to the Horse or you're heading off to Rolex. We have made an arrangement with a very nice hotel. It's the Fairfield Inn & Suites North in Lexington. It's by Marriott. It's right off of Route 64 in the Newtown Pike. Anybody that knows that area knows you're literally on the back road there about four miles from the horse park. It's right beside the Cracker Barrel, if you know where that is, off of Newtown Pike. Uh, So you're heading out to the horse park the back way from... From, from there. Uh, it is a very nice hotel. This is a step up definitely from where we were before. We've negotiated some rates. We have very limited a number of rooms. So if you're heading to Road to the Horse, use the code early bird Road to the Horse Special. Early, just You have to call in the reservation on the phone number. You'll find it on the website. Search for Fairfield Inn and Suites North in Lexington. And you want to give a call. It's $120 a night for the early Bird Rose to the Horse special. That's a regularly $165 if you were to book it without the code. Also for Rolex, uh, we have a rate of $199 a night. This is for a room that's a regularly $265 a night during Rolex. You want to use the code Early Bird Rolex Experience and you will get your special rate. We only have like 10 of those rooms still available. So head on over to the Fairfield Inn Suites. Just Google that. You want Fairfield Inn and Suites North in Lexington. There are a couple of them, but this is the one it's North. And it's uh, right off of Newtown Pike. And you want to use those codes, Early Bird Road to the Horse Special or Early Bird Rolex Special. And you'll get those special rates only for listeners of the Horse Radio Network. And now it's time for Tack and Habit. Coming up now, it's our Tack and Habit segment, sponsored by Horselovers.com. Reviewer Linda Gettig is with us today. Linda's been around HRN for a while. I'm happy to have her back. And she's reviewing this really fancy, pretty pitchfork, and I want to hear about it. It's called the Wave Fork. Welcome back, Linda. Hi. Thank you. Glad to be here. So I'm a little jelly because this pitchfork looks pretty fancy, and it looks like something I'd want to have in my barn and play around with. You have your you have your horses at home, right? No, I have I have a horse at a boarding stable. So, but um, but you do muck. Yeah, okay. yeah, I do. So you have enough of a of a mucking groove to know whether or not you like a pitchfork or not. Yeah, and uh, to understand how um, you know how badly made the the farm store the feed store um, forks can be, you know that you go through. So quickly. <clears throat> so, so what actually, was your first impression? Well, uh, my first impression was I love that I got to pick colors. <laughs> Such <laughs> a girl thing. <laughs> I got to pick the colors for the times. Would you I pick? Chose blue and green. Blue and green. Okay. So nice, calm, peaceful colors. And I do like that. I and this know, is the one um, where, just a clarifier at the beginning here, this is the one where you can change the tines out, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So if if they do break, you can change them, and um, you know, and you can choose from various colors. So that's a nice thing, and it also has a nice little um, squishy padded handle. So I like that. But I I want to offer a limerick that I wrote for the fork. If you guys are willing to hear it. Okay, that's a first. Oh my gosh! <laughs> Bring it on! I'm, just, I'm like giddy over here. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> when mucking through piles of manure with Noble's wave fork from the floor, though icicles fall amidst poopsicle balls, those strong wavy tines remain sure. I love it. <laughs> you just made my day. Oh my God. <laughs> Very well done. This is so the poop I have show. to tell you that uh, <laughs> I have to tell you that I was uh, in my car when this occurred to me, this limerick. Sometimes poetry just comes to me. I don't know if you can call this poetry though, but I, I turned on Siri on my phone so I could just record it, you know, do a little audio file. And, um, <laughs> I recorded it and Siri scolded me and said, that's not nice. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently so poop is not hilarious. allowed. <laughs> oh God, that's awesome. 
Uh, but anyway, it's a good pork. I, it's, I've had it since, um, I think it was July. And so it's been through warm weather and now through the frozen season beginning and uh, nothing's breaking. It's sturdy. It's a good pork. It's comfortable. I like it. How's it? The angle, because sometimes, you know, those cheap forks, the angle is just all wrong and with the handle to the head angle. Yeah, that's an interesting question. You know, Glenn, having met you, I think that um, life is different for you because you're taller. I mean, I'm five, I'm five, five. Uh, The angle seems fine for me, but I'm thinking maybe when you're up off the ground that far. Um, I'm not seven feet. <laughs> Pardon me. I'm not seven feet tall. I'm only six one. I know, but it, it makes Glenn, you're the equivalent like... of an eighteen hand horse. Okay, <laughs> yeah. exactly. You're different. So, uh, uh, anyway, I like the angle too. I don't have any complaints about it. I really don't. It's a nice fork. See, I think there, it, there um, are a lot of advantages to being tall, but certain little things like that are really made for the average height person. And then when yeah. you go to when you go to use them, it's just like I have to bend over to. to I know first world right, problems. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, I think about about height when I am driving my car because the um, the seatbelt is always wrong for me, and I think it's made for like more of an average sized man instead mm. of a woman. You know the way that it's connected. Um. And anyway, you don't like it cutting off your neck. <laughs> <laughs> no. You have yours no, all the way down on that slidey thing. I have mine all the way up. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I have mine all the way down. I don't know. <laughs> it's just funny. The world is, is designed for different people, different sizes. But How? anyway, it's a good fork, and I, I like it, and I would recommend it. And if somebody, um, if you have somebody on your Christmas list who uh, needs a fork and has a color preference, it's just a fun how, little thing to how have. How easy is, is it is it to get the t- the tines in and out? They just pop together. It's sort of like doing Legos or something. Oh, not hard at all. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. like that. That's the best <laughs> yeah. part. I mean, really, because right. you know how many broken pitchfork handles I have laying around, or even spare heads. <laughs> you just because one or or you know what gets me is if. The corner, the end tine, the corner of the end tine is what always breaks. And that's where you have the most control, you know, picking up those errant little poop balls. Yeah. Yeah. That's where you get your precision work done. Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) Precision work. It's true, Glenn. You haven't done enough stuff. And their price is $39.99, so the price is right. And I'm seeing here, too, if you go to horselovers.com, that you can actually buy the heads separately, too. Um, Right. Now, I'm not sure why you'd do that if you can replace the tines, but maybe you want a different color. Maybe you want a different color for every day of the week. Yeah, yeah. If you're really motivated to, you know, have your color scheme. Don't they eventually get all kind of poopy colored anyway? Well, I this one looks good. Okay. It's it's held its color. It's not brown. No. So all the nice, all the good things you can say about a manure fork, I would say about this one. Well, there you go. Okay. <laughs> Stable scoop approved. Love it. Yeah. And for thirty nine ninety nine, yeah, that's a. I I would do that just for the colors, just to have the colors I like, because I'm a freak. I know it's just it's very gratifying. <laughs> All right, very good. Well, thank you so much for the review. It's Noble Outfitters Wave Fork. You can find it at horselovers.com. Just search for Wave; it'll come up. Uh, thirty nine ninety nine are the heads. If you wanted to buy the head by itself, which I don't know why you do that, but uh, maybe you need another one. It's like twenty nine, I think, somewhere in that range. So, thanks a bunch. You're welcome. All Merry right. Christmas, guys. And let me remind everybody, while you're still here, let me remind everybody, if you want to head to horselovers.com slash HRN, use that page. You'll find all kinds of special deals. They also have a couple of uh, sales going on right now that we mentioned earlier in the show uh, that will get you uh, some goodies as well. So just for listeners of the Horse Radio Network, thanks a bunch. Oh, good to know. You're welcome. Bye. Bye, Linda. Well, thank you, everybody, for joining us. As we said at the beginning of the show, we only have one more episode left of the Year of the Listener, and then we have a couple very special episodes for you for Christmas time. Uh, I think you're going to like them that we're now making for you. We will have an all-host episode like we always do. This will be our eighth year of the all-host episodes, and we've got a bunch of listeners' uh, questions for the all-host episode, so it'll be all listener questions to end the Year of the Listener. As we mentioned at the beginning of the show, Helene and I 
I have come up with a plan for next year. We'll be announcing that shortly for Stable Scoop. We'll still be here. Just uh, we change the theme every year on the Stable Scoop radio show. So we'll be doing that. It certainly has been a wonderful time doing the year of the listener. And we've enjoyed it so much getting to know you all. And we'll still have listeners on as you're doing fun, adventurous things. We'll still have you on as guests. So that's not going away. We also want to thank our sponsors, horselovers.com. And also we want to thank the Fairfield Inn and Suites North in Lexington, Kentucky. See y'all. We're done. That's it. See y'all next week. Until then, happy scooping.